Welcome to Kiss My Pod. For the first one, I wanted to do something a little special. Back in 1997, I believe, I was writing for a paper called The Aquarian and The EC Rocker, New Jersey Rags, and I got the chance to interview Paul Stanley and Peter Chris. And I did it on one of those little uh, answering machine, mini cassette answering machine things. And so it sounds pretty bad, so you have to just excuse that. But I'm going to play for you the whole exchange between me and Paul Stanley over my phone. And uh, it goes a little something like this. Around the house, just 
for, you know, the hell of it or whatever? Um, the only time that I ever did it, um, since taking it off was for the Rise to It video. Right. For the Hot in the Shade album. Right. And outside of that, ever. Um, but I gotta say, when I put it on in the room with the original guys again, all I felt was, uh, I'm home. Right. I'm home again, you know. Um, there's no one else who can do this, and there's no one else who can fill these boots. How did it feel putting those boots on again? I mean, you know, the whole having to walk up seven inches again. Well, you know, uh, it's funny what people say to me. How do you walk in those things? I go, walking is the easy part. Try, try spinning and running and so uh, strutting. Yeah, for me, it's like riding a bike. You never forget, you know. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a part of me, and uh, it just helps me lead the parade. <laughs> there you go. After giving the new record, <laughs> after listening to the new record, I was curious about the modern the modern sound of it. I mean, I realize you can't give people dressed to kill part two in 98, but was there a conscious effort to stay, like, modern, or did it just come natural? No, not at all. Um, there was a conscious effort not to make a conscious effort right. to do anything. Right. Um, the idea was to, the idea and the, the concept was that anything the band does naturally will be Kiss. And if we make an effort to recapture what we did in the 70s or the 80s, right. it's false. All we can do is be ourselves and do it without the limitations that other people may put on us. The idea of of uh, having to, the idea of being confined by the restrictions that other bands have to to live by is um, unacceptable. Right. You know, and the idea was to go in the studio and to write the best songs possible and make an album. Um, you never sat down at some point and said, all right, uh, let's see, rock and roll on night part two. That was the one thing that I was determined to avoid. Right. The idea of writing Love Gun Jr. <laughs> was, was just not in the cards. You know, the idea was to retain the magic and the chemistry of what we do without making a conscious effort to mimic anything we had done. Right. Um, that I write anthems on this album is not a premeditated idea. It's what I do. Right. I, I believe in, in myself and I believe in, in the life I live. And, um, damn it, I'm coming to sing up and, you know, stand up and sing about it, you know. It's, I enjoy it, and, uh, you know, if, if I can, if, if I can uh, light the way for anybody else, then just get behind. Right. The song uh, you wanted the best, was that inspired by the, uh, the unplugged version of Rock and Roll All Night, you know, with the four guys doing the verses? I mean, was that, did that kind of give you the, the inspiration, the idea for that? Uh, not really. I mean, Gene just had this idea of, of um, 
all of us singing on a track. And initially there was talk of us singing on different songs, more than one voice, but that just became um, impractical and also it, it took the focus away from, from the song because it, it became a little a little jolting at times to something or another voice. Right. So um, you wanted the best, seems like the uh, ideal song to do it in. Rather than you know harp on it, do it all over the album. I don't. Need, we don't need to yell or put in capital letters. Hey, we're back together. Right. Are you doing any new stuff on the tour? The new oh, sure, sure. I mean, the, the the show starts with a song that seems a natural start. And uh, like the yeah, I'm Peter. I was curious if you were going to open with Detroit or... No, uh, those are great songs that we're all really proud of. And you can bet as long as we're around, they'll be around. The idea, though, was to start the show with something new because the tour is something new. Right. The Psycho Circus 3D tour is something new. And the idea of starting the show with something that may have been from 15 or 20 years ago is unnecessary when you have a song like Psycho Circus, which for me, and I'm my own harshest critic, stands up there with uh, anything else. Right. Are you having more or less fun now than you said? Different fun. Different fun. As much as I want. You know, it's, um, it's more fun in the sense that Gaining the heavyweight championship is is more fun than winning it in the first place. Right. Um, because you get to shut up all the critics, and you get to, although it's not a a purpose for being, it does it does show everybody. Who, you know, time tells all, and. When we got back together, certainly there were enough people who thought either we were crazy or that we had all jumped on board the Titanic. And uh, a year later, we had the largest grossing tour of the year. Right. So um, it, it's nice to be vindicated, although that's not a reason for doing what we do. Does touring take on a different level now, being a family man? Um, my focus 100% for the two hours I'm on stage is my relationship with the audience. They paid and they've been waiting a long time, and this is their night. And uh, that's really all that counts, everything else. You leave everything at the stairs that lead to the stage. Right. You know, when you go up those stairs, you enter Kiss World, and all that exists is Kiss, and, you know, the, uh, our fans. Did you ever, was there ever a time when you considered not rocking and rolling all night, but maybe getting like a straight job? Uh, never. Um, I drove a cab in New York, and I did that because having some, it, yeah, well, 
I also uh, just felt that the, the people who were who uh, I was supposed to answer to in most straight jobs should have been licking the stamps in my in my office. Right, right. So uh, it was real hard for me to keep a straight face, and ultimately, and very quickly, it became clear that I had no place in the corporate world except if I was sitting at the head of the table. Right. How's your relationship with Ace and Peter now that you, you guys are together again? I mean, are they behaving? And everybody's great, you know. Everybody, um, everybody is very responsible for themselves, and uh, there's very little time spent pointing fingers of blame at anyone else, you know, in, in our day-to-day um, goings on. You know, everybody is is. Uh, accountable for what they do and enjoys, you know, the respect and the responsibility. Respect comes with responsibility and and we're all living up to, we're all holding up our end and that makes for for a situation where everybody respects each other. Do you plan on keeping this lineup together into the next millennium? I, you know, I take this a day at a time. Right. And any of the doubters or naysayers should remember that if we were in this for the money, if anyone had any doubts, we would have quit after the last tour. Right. We're doing this because we love doing it. Right. And because there's a challenge in doing it. Um, the challenge is our past. Right. Our competition is our past. Our opponent and who we go toe-to-toe with is ourselves quite an opponent though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we are always up against not only what people remember us to be in the past, we're also up against what they imagined us to be in the past. Right. So we not only have to be as good as we were, we have to be better. And that's that's a challenge and it's a lot of fun. So the icing on the cake then is, is the money, but I mean unless you get to it first, right? Going back oh. to the icing joke. <laughs> That's right. And I eat a lot of icing. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the truth is that that at this point, money for me, what I make isn't the icing on the cake. It's the sprinkles on the icing. Right. The cake I've got is big enough to feed the nation. Right. It'll come and, over. Yeah. I'll come over. You know, right. so, so what this is about is, is my freedom and my independence. Right. And, and, you know, my, my continuing to be my own boss and do things my own way. If you weren't in KISS, like if you never did a KISS, like there was no such thing as KISS, if you decided to give up music, like let's say when you were 20 or something, what do you think you might have like went into? Film or? Um, you know, it doesn't matter as long as there's an audience and at least 50% of them are good looking women. <laughs> 
just kind of... I'll be the phone repairman if it's the right neighborhood. Right, if it's like at a nunnery or something. Oh, I guess not. That crosses out the good-looking women, right? <laughs> uh, this kind of blew my mind, especially the Kiss fan that I am, and how I used to read every little stupid letter and number and everything on anything that there was. But I didn't even realize that you wrote God of Thunder until the history book. That's so funny. That's so weird uh, for me. Um, I just, I guess I just assumed it was Gene because it was just such a Gene song. And was it weird when Bob Ezrin like basically said, oh, let Gene sing a song? Um, I wasn't thrilled. <laughs> but, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. If you bring somebody in and say, this guy is the boss and this guy is in charge, which we had done with Bob Ezrin, the producer of Destroyer, you have to listen to him not only when he agrees with you, you have to listen to him when he doesn't. And uh, it's fine. Hey, you know, it's just, you know, it, there are a lot of songs I'm real proud I wrote. Right. And that's another, you know, that's, it's a good feeling. It's a, an odd feeling, though, to know that the song that, that Gene is most associated with is being the embodiment of who he is. Right. It's actually a song that I wrote. Right, that is, that is that was really weird for me. I mean, Lord of the Wasteland, I mean, that's all you, right? You wrote all the lyrics? Um, I think I wrote, there, there may have been a line or two that were changed, but, you know, I, I mean, there may have been a line or two that were changed, still 98% right. of the lyrics. What is like your songwriting process? Like, uh, how do you go about? I sit down. I sit down with a guitar, and I just keep playing until something comes out that sounds interesting. Right. And that's where it starts. That's the seed. You know, I I like um, uh, pretty much a, a a free association or, or just you know. Um, putting my, my fingers through the walking right. and uh, then seeing what comes out of my mouth when I start playing right. the music and that's really, then it's filling in the pieces. It's like you have, you know there's a whole puzzle and one by one you're finding the pieces to make the picture. Right. So are you like the lyric, like the lyrics, they didn't come right away for you or do you do that later? The lyrics usually come, um, Probably about 20% of them come immediately. And then it's a matter of filling in the spaces, and that can be pretty difficult. How immediately did uh, put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket, come? I, I lived it. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was my idea of a nursery rhyme. Uh, well, I was like, you have to be 13 or, or up. <laughs> And uh, do you still have a rocket in your pocket? Absolutely, okay. and I launch it whenever possible. Do you have a favorite uh, Kiss record or song? Um, I really like, I guess if I had to pick three songs that I like, I pick Detroit Rock City, Love Gun, and probably Psycho Circus. Really? Yeah. Is that because of like the main engineering No, just because it was a challenge to try to write something that I thought was worthy of what we had done in the past. And that 
other song met that criteria, I would live and die by that one. Do you have a favorite kid's album cover? I think you guys are always known for a great cover. I like Hotter Than Hell a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it because it was so out, you know, so strange and unlike anything else that was out at the time. Right. I, I get a kick out of the um, story about the, uh, the back cover photo. Oh, God. That, yeah. So one time you get, you get loaded. You got a camera in the room, right? Well, it, it, it's, a, it's a fallacy that some people think I don't drink or I don't, you know. Really? I, oh, God, yeah. I, I understood you and Gene were like, well, Gene, I mean, he, he flies that flag pretty pretty hardcore, yeah. but I always thought that you were, like, very... Uh, I, I think that Gene likes getting me under that flag with him. Yeah. But in, in, in all truth, um, I like alcohol. I drink alcohol. Um, but to me, it's something to, to, to be enjoyed and not abused. outside my uh, girlfriend's truck window as we were cruising down the parkway. But uh, from the 70s, I remember you. I remember reading that you had a thing for the bionic woman. Oh, and Lizzie Wagner. Yeah, Lizzie Wagner. I remember reading that back in like Groove magazines or something. And uh, is there anyone on TV now that you're uh, into this part? No. No. Another thing going on. That was probably some bad question that somebody asked you at the time. Yeah, I, I think I probably threw something out. Right, right. Whatever was happening at the time. Um, to me, Mr. Speed always carried a double entendre. Uh, you were either getting to a speed, and I have all, being uh, the Irishman that I am, uh, I always took it also as meaning finishing speed. Which um, one did you mean? <laughs> I meant forgetting what you want when you want it. Okay. Because I always thought that was kind of funny because I'm Mr. Speed, you know, I guess you have to be in my head. Yeah, there was also a song when I was a little kid called Handyman. Right. And uh, I thought it was kind of similar. It was, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, a guy singing how he's like a handyman and he fixes his broken heart and he oh, you're a lady. And uh, that's basically what Mr. Speed was. Right. I'm, I'm here to fix things, and I'm, I get there in a hurry. Okay. I have a feeling that 20 years ago, if I was asked you that question, it would have been a little, uh, not as clean the answer, but okay. Well, <laughs> sanitized or not, the bottom line remains the same. Okay. Um, what do you listen to at home? Um, I don't listen to a lot of music when I'm home. Mainly because I'm not home much, I'm, you know, uh, between rehearsing or writing or being in the studio. Well, other than your own music. Yeah, I mean, there's not that much time that I spend uh, listening to other music. I'll listen to everything that's current, and some will get more plays than others. And, uh, uh, and then there's always the old... Which brings me to, are you a Beatles or a Stones guy? Um, 
but I'd go with the Beatles in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. All you guys did. Although, no, not, not Ace. I'm not sure he'd be a Stones guy. But, well, you know, with Stones, we're talking about attitude, swagger. Yeah, right. And some pretty good content. And with the Beatles, we're talking about, you know, no content. The, song the, con the, the songwriting content, content that changed a, a whole way of uh, approaching rock and roll. Yeah. So, you know... In their own way, the Stones fall, fall in line behind the Beatles, too. Yeah. It wasn't a coincidence that uh, Satanic Majesty's request came out right after yeah, Pepper. Yeah. 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 A little bleep, but yeah. But, so, uh, or that We Love You came out after All You Need Is Love. Right. So, tongue in cheek or not, you know. Someone was watching someone else. Well, they were good pals. Sure. Uh, with the last tour, you guys were wearing like a love gun outfit, and now it seems like it's kind of a take on the destroyer. Are you going to continue to go backwards, forwards, or start creating totally new ones? And I thought that the hotter than hell stuff would be kind of cool to come out if you were going like, to kind of go back that way, like Ace with the with the poncho kind of deal. Right. The idea really was that. Uh, felt that Psycho Circus was, a, a, in ways, a sister album to Destroyer, in that it really pushes the limits of the envelope of what we do, and yet uh, um, retains the philosophy that if we do it, and we do it um, faithfully, you know, and from the heart, it will be kissed, regardless of what kind of music it is. And uh, that's why a destroyer could have a death on it, or a great expectation, and a god of thunder, and a Detroit rock city. And we felt that same way about Psycho Circus. So in that way, we felt that let's use the outfits from Destroyer because it kind of um, it kind of connects the old with the new. Right. In the in the same way that on the last tour, we kind of picked up where we thought we had reached our pinnacle in terms of live shows, which was the Love Gun show. Right. Um, what do you consider the KISS high and low point, if any? I think the, the low point, um, beyond a doubt, not to um, minimize anything with the, with, um, with Ace and Peter, but the low point by far was Eric Carr's death. Right. Nothing comes close to that. Right. And as far as the high point? Uh, I'd have to say the the reunion tour. Right. And we'll see what happens this time with Psycho Circus, although I have no doubt that this high point will leave the other high point, you know, at sea level, so to speak. Right. Um, what can we expect from the new stage show? I hear there's going to be like 3D effects. And yeah, the great work exactly. Well, the, the Psycho Circus 3D show um, incorporates technology never before used in a rock and roll show. So at key points during the show, you put on glasses right. and everything is in 
stage and into your face. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's another way to break down the barrier between us and our fans. Well, you're definitely breaking new ground. I mean, with the 3D thing. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right, I know this might be silly, but did you guys ever think twice, because I know I have thought about it, about having a blonde guy in the band at one point? Did that well, well, Eric, Eric Singh was blonde. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, we, you know, if this was truly about, you know, the, the one thing we wanted to avoid was this cookie-cutter mentality that everybody had to look a certain way. Right. Or you couldn't be in the band. And Eric Singer joining the band was really the, uh, you know, was, was the way of putting that to rest once and for all. Right. The fact that we all had dark hair was more coincidental. Almost everybody in New York has dark hair. That was no big deal. Right. It might be a big deal in Stockholm. Right. But, you know, I mean... Uh, well, I remember, reading, I remember reading in the history, I think it was Sean Delaney that uh, suggested you guys all dye your hair black at one point. Well, yeah, but our hair, you know, the, the point is lost on some because the fact that we dyed our hair, we all dyed our hair black, didn't mean any of us were blonde. Right, right. You know, we all had dark, yeah. brown, and black hair. All right, I said it was silly question. Yeah, to the eye, most of us, all our hair looked the same color anyway. Right. Hold on one second. Where am I going? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Was it Doc Yelney? No. No. Can we expect, expect a box set with, like, outtakes and stuff in the future? Uh, the, the new video, the long-form video, which right. Two hours long and two videos is uh, going to be coming out in the next few months, and it's called The Second Coming, and it's by far and away the most comprehensive and behind-the-scenes look at the history of the band and the band's reunion, and really, for once and for all, puts the, to, to bed the, the, the question of whether or not we get along. There's more, there's more backstage and dressing room footage than anyone's ever seen because uh, you know we shot it within the the uh, inner sanctum so to speak right. so it's very cool because nobody ever gets a chance to be in the dressing room the only difference this time probably being that you'll show you guys without the makeup and then applying it or whatever yeah it's it's a it's a great video and it it, it uh, really follows the entire reunion tour and what led up to it so that will be, in terms of um, outtakes and things, right. well, many times lump is an outtake. Right. Do you think the solo al albums, when you guys made the solo albums, do you think that added fuel to the fire between the band members back in 78? Uh, well, in some ways, the, the solo albums had to be done because there were, were some people who didn't want to continue without doing solo albums. So it was, some people will look at it as the, the cancer, so to speak, that caused the problem, right. when in fact it was an attempt to keep the problem from getting out of hand. Right. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I just listened to mine a few days ago. I actually like yours the best. I mean, I really do. Well, uh, that makes two of us. <laughs> and I probably Ace would be second. I probably like Ace second. Right. But anyway, um, if you could relive one day in the past, what day would that be? Too tough. Um, if I could relive one day in the past, it would be the birth of my son. Okay, great question. 
Yeah, but you're only allowed three, right? You can't live with one kind of music and you can't live on one kind of food. Okay. If you could be another member of KISS for one day, including a live gig, and let's say, assuming that you could play drums, I don't know if you can, or, you know, bass, you could probably play, whatever. But assuming you could be one other member of KISS for one day, which one would it be? Oh, God. With a gig. There you have it. It was a little noisy. Um, sorry about that. But uh, I did ask uh, some pretty cool questions. 
And you gotta remember, this was also back in, uh, apparently it was 98, not 97. So, uh, it was pretty cool. Not long after that, I actually got to open up for them three times. Playing with uh, the guys from Skid Row and Ozone Monday. So, uh, I didn't even know that was going to be happening as soon as it was. But, hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, Peter Chris interview will be coming up soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you.